Welcome back to the Dudes of Davey podcast. This is Stefan Miller here with my co-host Lonnie Greenberg. And today we are excited to talk about football. Midway through the season, what is going on, uh, what's happening in the league, and more importantly, uh, is it finally time to talk about the changing of the guard at the quarterback position? So looking forward to uh, discussing this in detail. And uh, why don't we start with you, Lon, and uh, who's at the top of our uh, quarterback list of uh, the changing of the guard? Well, of course, at the top of the list is Tom Brady. I mean, that's, that's obvious. And interestingly enough, we actually recorded a pod last week, and, and the sound wasn't so great, and a lot happened this week. So it, it's going to change the narrative a little. And, and look, that, that's the cool thing about the NFL, is that things change on a dime, the drama's amazing, and we had a good week of football, which, and it's amazing. Like we're, we might actually change their legacies based on one week, but no, we, we really won't. But Tom, look, Tom Brady's at the top of the list. Um, you know, there is a change in the guard. Obviously, he's forty-five years old. Um, Tampa Bay's got a five and five record. If you would have asked me last week, would they make the playoffs? I'd say no. If you ask me this week, it's, there's there's an outside chance, and I won't uh, say that that they won't make it. And who knows what happens when they get in there. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, he speaks for himself. I mean, what he's done speaks for itself. Uh, he might have his own wing in the Hall of Fame. It's uh, It has to come to an end soon, I think, <laughs> unless he plays he's like 70. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about Brady in terms of just – he look, he's like a, like a whole different standard. And then we have a whole group of quarterbacks that we literally just went through. Different tier, different tier. Different tiers right. of quarterbacks that are playing, quarterbacks that just retired – and it's it's just amazing how many really great quarterbacks we were blessed with over the last twenty years or so. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to Tom Brady, I think it's important to talk about something that probably wasn't talked about enough with Joe Montana, which is you know how much of it is the coach, how much of it is the system, how much of it is the personnel, and how much of it is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think with Tom Brady. You know, I think we had talked, touched on this earlier in the season. You know, Tom left New England and went and won a Super Bowl on a totally different team with, you know, one year of getting acclimated. Incredible. Really amazing. Tom Brady retires at that moment. Tom Brady could legitimately point to everything and say, it was more me, guys. It was just more me. Right. Tom Brady returns last year. Not sure why, but returns last year. Doesn't have quite the same success. They fall short in the NFC Championship. And he decides to come back for a third year. And as you touched on a week ago, they were four and five. And, you know, there's, now they're just five and five. And they beat, a, you know, an okay team in Seattle that I think is overachieving. But I think it really speaks to the fact that you need almost all of it to capture the 10, 15, or 20 years of excellence that Montana did, that uh, Brady has, and, and few others have. And look, he's going to hold every record you know, he's gonna he's legitimately seven rings, he's probably never gonna be, you know, challenged or even come close to. So I think, you know, you tip your hat, you you do wonder, you know, when is he gonna call it? Uh, you know, is he gonna go to another team next year uh, and try it again? God, I, uh, I mean, we could speak to this point now and we could, you know, poke fun at it a little bit, but you know, this is now a divorced man, single on the prowl. Uh, maybe his uh, maybe his testosterone levels are increased now, and he's he's, he's even hungrier. We'll see if his level of play gets uh, upgraded over the next few weeks to a month. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I mean Tom is holding on to the gavel. He's not, he's not letting go of it, 
and then there's a few people behind him who uh, look like they could really use uh, a shovel and some dirt. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, well, we'll get to those. Those will be more fun. I mean, look, Brady's QBR this year is not great. It's like middle of the road um, for quarterback. He's like 14th in the league. But, but he is actually second in yards and first and fewest interceptions with only two. Um, and he has, I think, 12 or 13 touchdown passes. Not a terrible season, honestly. It, look, it, it's a team effort, clearly. He does look a little bit different. It is the team, the system, the whole thing mm-hmm. that's going on. But anyway, look, Brady is, is – is, when he retires and he's actually gone and, like, we actually believe he's gone, it, that changes the NFL, you know, just what's been going on for years. Aaron Rodgers, who is not on Brady's tier, but I think Aaron Rodgers is the next tier – and I don't think anyone else really is on that level, No, frankly. Um, he turns 39 in December. The, the Packers are 4-6. and six. They, had a, they had a fairly impressive win this past week. Um, I don't know if they make the playoffs, but you know it, it, it's a decline. And I think we can all agree that there's some sort of decline going on. Um, and also Devontae Adams isn't there, which I think makes a huge difference, which we, we're clearly seeing. Uh, let, let me just tell you one thing about Rodgers. And look, I'm a, I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. He's annoyed the crap out of me the last couple of years, just in terms of how he's acted. Um, and but but I do I, I personally think he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Um, just actual pure talent uh, when he's at his peak. His career stats, you know, the high level stats are he's thrown for 466 touchdowns and 100 interceptions. It's a four more than a four and a half to one ratio, and a career rating of 104. He's a four-time NFL MVP. He does have one ring, right? So, okay, he's got one ring. It, 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 it isn't up there with, let's say, you know, the Montanas and some of the others of the world. And obviously Brady. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Eli Manning. Right. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Eli, but, like, I, I can't put him with Rodgers. No. Um, but as someone, I, I heard someone say on TV once, they're like, when you have a guy running around with seven rings, it makes one look not that great. But one's still pretty impressive. Um, when you when you throw that into a career, how, how many players would you interview right now that would kill for one? There's, there, I mean, we're going to go through some of these right. guys. Right. So, go. so I think to your point with Rogers, um, so I can't stand him. Right. No, um, I can't either. No. But I've I've come to the conclusion that just because I don't like him as a person or the way he carries himself or whatever his political views are or aren't, okay, I've yet to hear a player come out and say that they don't like him. I mean, there could have been a lot of players at this point in time that have played with him, come in and out of that locker room and said, oh, man, he's a prima donna. He's a pain in the ass to play with. His work ethic stinks. He's never prepared. Well, guess what? None of those things are being said. None of those things are being said about Brady. You can say they're intense. You can say they could be over the top. You can see their facial reactions. But, man, no one is throwing them under the, under the bus or throwing dirt on them the way they are another one-ring quarterback, which is Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. And I think when talking about Russell Wilson, and you know, it's funny, Russell Wilson has a ring and Rogers has a ring. My goodness, do I think the delta between those two is like the size of the Grand Canyon gap. It's huge. It's huge. And I think, and you look at the way that Russell Wilson has now been, you know, verbally treated and misspoken about over the last, you know, six months by his ex-teammates, it really makes you wonder, uh, you, we all knew that the Legion of Boom was what really drove them to the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, of course, it, it, Russell Wilson was playing at a very high level, but that defense could hold a team to under 16 points almost any time it wanted to. Uh, so I think 
Now what you're seeing is you're seeing an immobile, inaccurate, maybe you know just just done, maybe just burnt out quarterback that's now on the Denver Broncos. Uh, which you know it's a shame because I think we all had we all really enjoyed watching him play for the first five to seven years, uh, but the last few years have not been uh, quality quarterbacking. Yeah, I would agree with you for the most part on that. It, look, Russell Wilson. I just read you Rogers high level stats. Uh, Russell Wilson is 300 touchdowns and 100 interceptions. So he's 3-1, to one, which is very good. 100 quarterback rating, very good, right? Nine Pro Bowls, he's won a Super Bowl. I, I do think that that defense made a huge difference on that. He's had some, some good playoff runs. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that, but I think you're seeing like he's, he's different than... Um, you, you can't put him in the tier of... Brady Rogers and even a couple guys we're going to talk about next who have retired too. I mean, look, there's there's Matt Ryan and Stafford who we'll, we'll talk about as well who are still playing um, and are probably getting close to the end as well. But you know, I wouldn't put him in the category of the Breeze, Roethlisberger's, um, those kinds of guys who have just retired who were part of that kind of um, the that lineage as well. Um, so yeah, I, look. It's it's a decline on all of them, and you know you want to get to you know, Matt Ryan and Stafford kind of quickly as well. Yeah, they, look, they're part of this. They're, I mean, they're great quarterbacks. No, they're, they're not. No, they're not. No, I look. Yeah. I think they're good. I think they're great quarterbacks. They're not great quarterbacks. They're, they're not these guys. Clearly, Matt, these Matt, guys are different. Anybody who says Matt Ryan is a great quarterback <laughs> uh, is either from Atlanta and still has you know still has decided that the Super Bowl wasn't his fault. Fine, he played high school football in Philadelphia. Yes, Fine. yes, yes. So I think. Um, Look, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, uh, two white and mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I think they've both gone out of their way to establish themselves as slightly above average. Uh, when I heard that Matt Ryan's nickname was Matty Ice, I didn't know if he had done a deal with Natty Ice <laughs> because I could sure as shit tell you that when I used to watch him in the fourth quarter, uh, he was an interception machine, and I don't mean not throwing them. Right. So um, I think that you know Matt Ryan is the type of quarterback that you, you really are excited for potentially in fantasy. And you just pray he doesn't throw the pick sixes. Uh, Matt Stafford, entire career in Detroit, uh, leaves and wins the Super Bowl. Kind of awesome. Like kind of an awesome story, right, in general. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought Matt Stafford was a slightly above average quarterback in Detroit. Look, he didn't have a lot to work with. He did at Calvin Johnson for a while. So that's a hell of a target to have. But the, from the running game to the, I don't know, seven head coaches, you know, you, you name the instability in Detroit and they had it. Right. Look, to, to defend Matt Stafford a little bit, which I will reiterate a little bit, is it, it, he, he wasn't going to win in Detroit, right? Like, I mean, you, you've thrown the greatest running back of all time. I don't, it's not even a debate. I don't, anyone who wants to say it's a debate with Barry Sanders, he had no chance of winning anything there, right? And he knew it, and he retired, and like they basically demoralized him. And, yeah, he asked for a trade. They said no, and he said bye. Yeah, and they killed his love for the game. Um same thing with Calvin Johnson, too, right? Like, he didn't have a chance either. He, he was part of Stafford's legacy, which, you know, also is very helpful to have that kind of wide receiver, you know, running around out there. Um, but it's—I'll defend him a little bit because he didn't really have a chance to win there. He did come to the Rams one in the first year. A lot of weapons, a lot of good things. I will give him some credit for how he played in the playoffs, even in the Super Bowl. Um, he did not hurt them. He didn't hurt them. He did. He did what he was supposed to do. I right. think. But again, he's. I you know. 
I like to, I always like to throw out the, I think people like to talk about a little bit like prognosticating whether or not they're different guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I personally think it would be very hard to throw Matt Ryan in the Hall of Fame. I think Matt Stafford probably will get in now based on the stats, and I don't know whether or not he's so deserving of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on, if you look at the list of quarterbacks that are actually in the Hall of Fame right now, regardless... If you're talking about possibly being in the Hall of Fame, you had a good career. Yeah, I mean, and look, Stafford threw 70 more. Stafford threw 169 interceptions. That's to date. Mm-hmm. That's 70 more than Rodgers, right? And 70 more than uh, Wilson. Right. So I, I think that just speaks to the the level of skill, you know, that that it at least was demonstrated on the field. Right. Um, so I think, look, when we look at today's quarterbacks that look like they are definitely, you know, on the back nine, if not the back three. It's Brady, Rodgers, Wilson, Ryan, Stafford. Mm-hmm. And I think those five, um, if you were to add you know, four more that recently left us, um, uh, you know, some of them on, of their own volition, some of them because they got pushed out. Mm-hmm. But you had you know, Phillip Rivers and Big Ben, uh, Eli Manning. And I think that was all, that's all the same draft class. That's all gone. You so said uh, Breeze as well? And Breeze. Oh, yeah, Breeze. Right. So, well, let's talk, so let's talk about Drew Breeze. Because talk about a guy that... He's on, was he on Miami? For like a year. On Miami for a year. He didn't didn't play. He didn't play. Behind Culpepper. Behind Culpepper. They diagnosed a shoulder situation. Mm -hmm. The medical team in Miami felt that it was dire enough that they weren't going to keep him. And they proactively asked Nick Saban at that time, do you want Culpepper or Breeze? And he's like, I want Culpepper. So Nick Saban had a pretty strong voice in getting Breeze out of Miami which was the best decision ever for, obviously, New Orleans. Right, well, and then he went to San Diego. He was actually drafted. Right, by first, first by San Diego. Right, Correct. exactly. So, like, look, the, clearly those two teams got it wrong um, by a lot. And Drew Brees is a little guy. You know, for him to do what he did as really a drop-back passer is, is incredible. I mean, I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a story about Drew Brees. I went to school at Indiana University, and... I believe it was my freshman year, and Drew Brees was a junior. We played Purdue. We play Purdue every year. Our team was terrible. We had the we had the worst secondary in the Big Ten, um, going against. I mean, honestly, possibly the most accurate quarterback to ever play in the NFL. Um, his accuracy is incredible. It was just off the charts, and you could see it in college too. He was one of the best players in college. He threw like I think like five or six touchdowns in the first half. And had like 300 yards, and I was like, "This guy is unbelievable." I mean, we were terrible, so like it was hard to like completely tell, <laughs> but like this guy was unbelievable, and I, I find it amazing. I think he had some injuries too that um, anyone would pass on him early on, and like didn't even really give him a, a shot to play. So, I mean, so you just touched on something that's super interesting, which was the perception of his size, yeah, the perception of his in- immobility, yep. okay. Again, and maybe this is a separate pod. So San Diego, fairly successful in San Diego. Right. Um, Miami didn't play. Okay. Right. Ends up on the Saints. Okay. Right. Ends up with you know good old Sean Payton, and so Sean Payton and him develop this relationship, and Sean Payton starts to build a team around his quarterback's best skill sets, and when you look at Drew Brees' statistics overall, eighty thousand yards. 571 touchdowns, 243 interceptions, but he was always, it was always a pass first offense. Never, they never leaned on the running game. So the fact that this man threw, you know, 
two and a quarter or two and a half times the number of touchdowns and interceptions in a system that was really built for him by Sean Payton for the most part is remarkable. Um, I'll, I'll say this, you know, on behalf of some of the uh, the brethren in New Orleans, there were definitely a couple playoff games uh, that should have gone their way. And had they gone their way, you probably would have seen the Saints with a second or a third Super Bowl ring, that they were good enough. I mean, you know, the, the Viking catch, uh, you know, there's, there's just a, a certain plays that will go down in infamy for the New Orleans Saints. But I think Drew Brees certainly deserves his spot, which he will, of course, in Canton. But more importantly, his spot in, you know, the, over the last 20, 25 years as a, as a top five, top seven quarterback. Yes, I, I think that there is no doubt about that. Just to make it clear, um, Drew Brees was not drafted. He did not play for the Miami Dolphins. They drafted Culpepper instead of him, and San Diego drafted him. That was the issue, is that, is that what's his name? Uh, Nick Saban was like, no, no, I think Culpepper. Like, I think we should pick Culpepper. Got it, got it. Yeah, that was the issue. So, But basically the same story. Miami and San Diego couldn't figure it out. Nope. Right? Which is like amazing. Nope. Um, yeah, my, that's right. Miami brought him in for a workout. Correct. Got it, got it. Right, right. Right. So the people in Miami are still very upset about that, clearly. Um, I get it. And look, Culpepper played well in Minnesota, but he also had Randy Moss, which is helpful, and Chris Carter. Let's let's not deviate on yeah, Dante yeah. Culpepper. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. We went know. too far. We could go down a whole rabbit hole <laughs> yeah, there. I'm sorry. Um, but look, Big Ben is a good one to talk about. Listen. I, I love Big Ben. Listen, Big Ben is somebody who I loved in college. Mm -hmm. I thought he was just a beast. Again, had the same Josh Allen frame, right? 6'4", 6'5", 240 pounds, gunslinger, mm -hmm. could stand in the pocket and take the hit. Wasn't going to be the most you know, mobile quarterback, but could certainly scamper for that 7, 10, 12-yard gain. And look, Big Ben, you know, in his career, he's got a 2-to-1 ratio for TDs to interceptions. Mm -hmm. He also threw for over 60,000 yards, mm -hmm. won two Super Bowls. You know, some people say one he won, one, you know, you know, was won more by the defense and the general play. Right. But I, I think, you know, the Steelers were incredibly lucky to, to be able to lean on somebody like him for his, for his entire career. He's definitely a winner, definitely a Hall right. of Famer, definitely a yep. huge part of the last, you know, 20 years of, of quarterbacking. So I guess so. We we've covered a lot of the the old guard, mm -hmm. and now it's the question of so who's the new guard? Yeah. And I think you and I will both you know state this on this pod that it wasn't easy. No. Coming up with a call it a solid five to six of the new guard. No, it wasn't. So look, the the quarterbacks that we just discussed have were such a huge impact in the last twenty twenty five years in the NFL. Um, and look, they're they're going to be they're going to be gone for the most part in the next year or two, I think, generally speaking. And it really will just be the new guard. I think at the top of that list, and just a, a great ambassador at this point for the NFL going forward is Pat Mahomes. Uh, he's clearly head and shoulders uh, the the best quarterback in this new era. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now um, by by a good amount. Honestly, I know a lot of people might not think that you know they, they may think Josh Allen's there or, or you know Justin Herbert's right there but look Pat Mahomes has won a Super Bowl he's an MVP already his numbers are absolutely ridiculous his consistency is ridiculous just what he brings to the whole game is is special you know you hope he doesn't get hurt uh, nothing happens to him for for obvious reasons but also just 
if he doesn't, I think you're going to see him do things that are on the level of, I'm not going to go as far as saying he's going to have the accolades of Brady, but he's going to be up there with, with, with the all-time greats if he can continue to do what he's doing. Yeah, look, I mean, Mahomes is fantastic. Uh, I think I think we may never know what happened in the second half against the Bengals in the AFC uh, Championship. Um, I think he had a slight concussion, honestly. He had to have something because he looked like a totally different player. Yeah. Um, again, I think Mahomes is terrific. Uh, a little bit of a shout out to Mahomes as a supporting uh, supporting cast. You know that being a, a top three or top five tight end ever in Travis Kelsey, right. uh, one of the top wide receivers of the last ten years in Tyreek Hill up until this season. So uh, it does make me laugh that whenever we talk about the great quarterbacks, it's very rare that you're not talking immediately or pointing to an amazing wide receiver or tight end or running back. Right. Uh, just something to keep in mind as we go through these players. But what's interesting is, as much as I hate to say this, is Brady had less of that. Than well, else. And, and Montana, Montana, Rice, M- Montana had everything. Right, he did. And Mon- but Montana, I'm not taking that away from Montana. He was incredible. But no, but but, but, Mo- yeah. but Montana had a you know Montana's kitchen cupboard was full. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, he right. had like four, four or five different weapons, of which two to three were the best at their position. Correct. Brady just quickly getting you know deviating back to Brady. Brady had, I don't know, how many different wide receivers mm-hmm. of names I can't even remember them. Right. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, the most consistent person he had was Gronkowski. Right. Look, and look, go back to Mahomes. Mahomes does have Kelsey, obviously, you know, incredible tight sure. end. Um, he had Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill this year, right? He does not. There are a lot of guys on that team that, that do step up and end up playing well, and I do attribute that to Mahomes giving them confidence. And working within the scheme, and look, you, you can't overlook Andy Reid. Obviously, I, I agree. Got to give him some credit. He's a, you know, he's a real offensive mind, and he's proven that. I mean, he was he was the head coach of the Eagles for a really long time, and there was definitely something special about what he did. Um, and then you give him, you know, a generational talent, a couple generational talents, and it's it's lights out, right? So, just an observation. So we talked about Brady, Rogers, Wilson. As the, you know, the, you know uh, Ryan Stafford, you know, etc. Something that a lot of those quarterbacks didn't necessarily have was the ability to extend the play. Right. Maybe you could call Brady's, you know, you know, two-step sidestep that he could get one more second. Rodgers can wiggle a little bit. When you look at the four or five that we're looking at right now, as the sort of changing of the guard, Mahomes. It's unbelievable how long he can extend the play. Right. Uh, Josh Allen. Not only can he extend the play, but he can run like a demon for 20, 25 yards. And, and he'll take out a defensive – he'll take out a linebacker. Uh, Justin Herbert, not so much. Right. Pocket passer, okay, tall, big guy. Uh, but how about Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields? With their legs alone, they're extending the play by three to five seconds, and they both happen to have real arms. Right. I know you don't like them, but I'll throw Lamar in there too. No, no, I was talking about the best quarterbacks right now. <laughs> fine, fine. No, no, fine. no, no, and again, and again, I have nothing personal against Lamar, but haven't we watched it enough? How yeah. many playoff games is it going to be where he throws three picks and I get it. He just and again, he's still young. He's still a young quarterback, but I get it. I'm, I'm with you. How, how many years are we with Lamar now? Four, five, three or four, I think. Okay, I'll look okay. It up. Listen, I, you know, I, again, we're going to see. It all comes down to the playoffs. It does, but um. Go, go, so Mahomes, I think, obviously is the clear torchbearer for the quarterback position. I agree. I think behind him uh, is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is number two. Um, obviously, Josh Allen's had a rough couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, four red zone interceptions. 
the fumble that will be remembered forever in the end zone right. this past Sunday in a game that was, you know, I'm pretty sure, Lon, you were, you, you know, freaking out on Justin Jefferson's catch. Oh, that, that catch was <laughs> insane. I, I've never seen anything like that. That was beyond. I mean, I was talking about it even with my son, and my son's like, yeah, it was incredible, but was it as good as Odell's? I'm like, I don't know. I might be. It might be better. Well, uh, Odell did it with no one. This guy literally fought with somebody with one hand <laughs> and won. Yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. On fourth and, you know, a million. But I do think that Josh Allen has, you know, asserted himself as a real number two quarterback in the NFL right now. I think he's behind Mahomes. I think he's got all the all the skill. I, I, look, I think Josh Allen is definitely very talented, very special. That game that they played against Kansas City, he showed who he is to everyone. Yep. If, if you weren't sure, you were sure then. However, I don't think there's a huge difference between him and Joe Burrow at this point. Joe Burrow is unbelievable. <sighs> Um, I, just in terms of just a pure, they're different players, but just in terms of just a pure passer. Yeah, Joe Burrow is, and Josh Allen's arm is like ridiculous, but Joe Burrow's accuracy, and again, he's got some weapons that are that are pretty solid as well. Correct. So, but both players helpful. do, right? Yeah, I mean, he can just throw it up to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase can get it anywhere. Right? And, and, by the way, and if it's not Chase, it's T. Higgins. Right. And if it's not Higgins, I think it's Boyd. Right. And he's got a great running back and like Joe that. Mixon. So yeah. And again, you know, I think we all, well, we're going to have to do another pod where we break down the supporting cast yeah. to you know the best quarterbacks and start to say, oh my God, it, can you imagine what it's like? You know, how much better is Brady than everybody else right. for who he did it with? Right. And how much better of a coach is Bill Belichick for creating a system? To succeed, we may never know. I know. We we, know. we won't know. Look, they're both amazing. We we won't be able to split the hairs on who. Look, they both obviously helped each other a lot. Sure, but we're not going to be able to tell who no. who really made the difference here. Let me ask you. So we all think that Brady is a, is a workaholic, lives and eats football, and maybe that's changed a little bit, right? He's a look. He's a football, you know, addict. Right. So who on this list of Mahomes, Allen? We talked about Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Then let's throw in, you know, Justin Herbert mm -hmm. and you know Jalen Hurts at the moment. Mm -hmm. Who on that list of five has what, what even some of what Brady has? The fire. I think Joe Burrow is the closest to that. I think you're right. In my opinion, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I've seen enough of him in college at LSU. Yeah, and I've seen enough of him now in the NFL to be like, this guy hates losing. Yeah, and and he's just he's a pure passer, so it's 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 easier to compare the it's two a, of them. The more direct comp. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably a little faster than Brady was, has a little bit more athleticism, but that's not his game at all. He doesn't want to be doing that. Right. Um, you know, the Mah the Mahomes, Allen, they're they're they have no issue getting, and obviously Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, they have no issue with it too, and Justin Herbert's kind of in between all of them. Um, let me let me just say one thing about Justin Herbert. Um, <laughs> you do not love him. <laughs> I, look, I don't. I think he's very good. I think he's a. I think he's a great quarterback. But I think he's just so overrated. And I, and I hear you. Like I know you. You really love his coach. Yeah, um, coach is great. Yeah, you, fantastic. We we could do a whole pod on him. Fourth, fourth down, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> fourth down, Dan. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, look, he. I think he's got a couple things working against him. And I know you know you start the season. Everyone's like, oh my god, he's MVP. I just haven't seen enough to think no. like he's he's a good quarterback. He's going to be good. No. Like and and he's he's one of the top. I don't know seven quarterbacks, eight quarterbacks in the league. 
but he's not one of the top few by any means. Not uh, this, not for for sure, not this season. Yeah, but look, I will say, I think the NFL is in a good place with quarterbacks. We've just been so spoiled with. I mean, we named nine or ten guys. I mean, look, you can even throw Peyton Manning in there to a degree as well. I mean, he retired mm-hmm. five years ago, six years ago. Peyton Manning was part of that too. I mean, you're talking about you know two or three of the top five quarterbacks of all time. Correct. In, in you know a twenty year span right there, one for sure. I mean, Brady is definitely the best quarterback of all time. I think Manning's probably two or three. Um, so we've been spoiled. You know, I, I was watching this morning something, and they were trying to debate, which I, I couldn't even believe I was listening to this anymore. They're trying to debate whether or not Tua was a top five quarterback in the NFL. And while I think Tua's done a great job this year, if that's the conversation, I started to backpedal on whether or not I thought we were in a good place or not. I mean, look, uh, I've certainly been pretty vocal uh, privately and publicly about my feelings on Tua. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, the last couple of seasons, you know, I'm more than happy to admit that he looks like a different quarterback. Yeah. Again, a totally different system. Yeah. He's got, you know, the greatest maybe weapons in the NFL between Waddle and Hill. Um, they have you know a three-headed monster at running back with Mostert and Wilson Jr. They've got uh, Gasecki, who's a more than serviceable tight end. So imagine having five different people to be able to throw to, and look, they're winning, and he's not losing them the games, and he's actually finding his receivers. Tip the hat, get you give the credit. Justin Herbert, which is interesting by the way. So first season comes out of the gate like a like secretariat. Okay, yeah. Keenan Allen goes down. Mike Williams goes down. Eckler's out all of last year. Again, look what happens when the pocket passer doesn't have his weapons. He's going to be made to look as average a quarterback as he is because he's got nowhere to throw the ball. And the coaching staff either needs to adapt mm-hmm. and scheme better the way that Belichick, I think, did for years when, they, when there was a void of talent at the wide receiver and running back position for them or figure something else out. Right. I, look, I give, the, I give the Dolphins credit for putting the pieces around him now. He is accurate. Mm-hmm. He's better than I thought he was last year. I think anyone who says anything different is crazy. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the top half of quarterbacks in the NFL. I wouldn't put him in the top 10. But like, look, you have two guys who are who are probably the two fastest guys in the NFL. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wide receiver. Two of two. You know, yeah. Crossing each other and doing things. That becomes so exhausting for a team to defend. And you're seeing, like, even in the second half of games, yes. the Dolphins are just running away because, you know, defensive backs, safeties, everyone, they're like, I can't, we can't run how, these guys like, like How many times right. am I going to have to run right. full speed? Right, and then they'll they'll mix it up. And it, look, it's a credit to the play calling to Gasecki and some other guys, and they're keeping them honest on these guys. But, you know, it's, it's definitely an advantage to have these two guys. I mean, the speed is just beyond, right? And I mean... Waddle is great. I think it was a great draft pick. He, he's absolutely a great player. But Tyree Kill is just like, he he creates so much attention that it's helping everyone. And Tyree Kill, if you pass, if you give him a two-yard dump pass, it, like, I don't know, 30, 40% of the time, it could be, you know, 70 yards. I mean, literally. Yeah, I, I saw some piece, I, I quickly stopped reading it, that was comparing Tua's accuracy to Breeze. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen... When you've done it for more than three or five years, 
on a consistent basis, yeah. I am more than happy to engage in that conversation. You know, Breeze did it for you know well over a decade. Yeah. So on a, on one team. Yeah, t- ten games. Well, actually, he was out for like three of those. So yeah, I'll th- <laughs> the sample size is six or seven games. Right. He looks good right. in those games. He looks, looks good. good. He doesn't look insane. He looks good. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you you want to throw in here? No, look, I mean, I think that there were some quarterbacks that got drafted recently uh, where, you know, teams are super excited, like the Kyler Murrays of the world, that, um, you know, I've been an anti-Kyler Murray guy since the day he was drafted. Um, really not so much for his skill as much as for his size and for his attitude. Right. Unfortunately, that seems to be playing out like like exactly how you could have predicted it. Um, I'm not going to say that his coach is not the right guy to get the best out of him. I don't think he is the right guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know who is with mm-hmm. Kyler. Right. Um, there's, you know, and, and do I think, you know, for the last three or four weeks, has Justin Fields been, uh, been fun and entertaining to watch? Yeah, he's been great. Uh, and something happened in that offensive coaching room where they figured something out, and he's looking now like a real double, like a dual threat. And you know, all of a sudden, there you know, I mean, there, the joke were you know, the jokes were that he was throwing eight to twelve times a game in the beginning of the season. Like people were like, "What's happening?" Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible athlete. I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling how good of an athlete he is. It's on display. And but it's it, but it's also very interesting how he's really just not performing. It's like it's really interesting. Yeah, what I will, I would, you know, what I'd love to do, I'd love to give a shout out to Geno Smith. Yeah, because as a diehard Jet fan, um, I really didn't like you on the Jets. When you got the starting position, I said, okay, I'm going to root for you because you're now the starting quarterback. I wasn't thrilled. You had that unfortunate incident in the locker room. It completely derailed your career. And it's really great to see him have the, you know, the season he's having in Seattle on a team that seems to rally around him and love him. And no matter what happens, right, Seattle is the seventh seed, whatever it is. But I'm just really happy for him because he bet on himself on a one-year contract and he's sure going to sign some, some longer contract for some real money. Yeah, I like to see that as well. Um, what I also think is really funny is that there's no question that Denver would trade for Geno. Oh, my God. They would trade Russell Wilson for Geno right now, which is, which is amazing. Um, yeah. That, that part of it is, is humorous. Uh, they won't admit it, but they would. So one thing that I do want to do, which I want to go back into – a past podcast where we talked about our, the worst owners in sports and what's actually playing out now is, you know, Stefan, you did it. If anyone hasn't heard that, they should hear Stefan just completely destroy Dan Snyder because it's, it's really entertaining. Um, but it, look, a lot of what we were talking about and, and really baffled by how this guy could still be an owner is starting to come to the surface. And it's, it's pretty, I think we had a, we, I mean, we knew he was terrible, clearly, but I don't think we realized like how terrible of a guy he really was, or is. And you know, the fact that you know a guy like this with such pride and such you know, I, I mean, I guess delusional on his self worth, he is actually putting this team up on the market. Like, you don't hire a bank unless you're going to really do this, which you know means that <laughs> the owners are definitely up against him. There's definitely something there that's scaring him, which which. If it's scaring him, it's scaring me. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. I mean, it's it's great to see him getting uh, starting to get the uh, the treatment he's deserved for many years. Uh, we don't have to go into the fact that I'm pretty sure 31 other people 
have known plenty about him for the last 20 years, but that's for them to deal with. That's not our situation. Uh, And I really hope that more and more former players take, um, you know, you know, ownership and equity interests in these teams because I think it makes for a a good story, but b more importantly, you know, players have a really interesting perspective, and if there's a former player who wants to be part of an ownership structure, an owner or an ownership consortium, I think it's great to have them be a part of it. Um, I know that we joke around that you know Barkley uh, was offered to be uh, join the the new Phoenix Suns management. And he's like, well, how much do I have to put in and what does it get me? And they were like, you have to put in a lot. It's not going to get you very much. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> so, right, right. Uh, but I do think that uh, Dan Snyder is certainly getting his. And hopefully it won't take much longer for a handful of other owners who we certainly don't think deserve to be in the positions they're in to, uh, to step aside. Right. That's also the issue is that, you know, the Redskins are probably going to go for between five and six billion dollars. Right. So in order to own and have a real influence, you have to have you know, ridiculous money, which, you know, there's only a couple athletes in team, in U.S. team sports who have that sort of wealth. And one of them already owns an NBA team, um, Michael Jordan. And it's like, yeah, how much, how much money do you have to have influence? Do you have a couple billion dollars? Right? Like, so that, that's the thing. And, and as we discussed on that last pod, like, hopefully this is a good step. This is a step in the right direction for, culture of ownership of you know this is this is definitely the most popular team sport in the u.s um of the of the major four and you want to see more owners who care about the fan base legitimately care about the fans care about the team care about doing the right thing mm-hmm. and you know hopefully it's not just people who have tons of money who made it other places who really don't care and just want to be in a club all right I think that's well said, and I think we should we should uh, end up on that. Uh, for the dudes of Davies, Stephen Miller, Lonnie Greenberg, uh, the next time we talk about the NFL will probably be right before the playoffs. Yep. So stay tuned for our next podcast where we will dive into potentially Alex Ovechkin and his pursuit of the all-time goal-scoring record. Yep. We get... We gave you football. You had to fight through baseball, tennis, and Nexus hockey. But we gave you a good football one, I hope. So uh, from, from the dudes of Davey, be well. Talk soon. Take care.